0: everyone welcome to horror cafe this is episode eight i am jackie
1: and i'm erica what are you drinking today mom
0: don't roll your eyes at me oh boy i'm having a good old cup of dark roast cream and sweetener
1: I, I, just just get on with whatever. it. whatever all right i'm having a dunkin donuts iced macchiato
0: Fancy, pansy, as usual.
1: I love my Dunkin' Donuts.
0: I know, I know.
1: <laughs> it's May, everyone, and it's May Hauntings, and today we're talking about The Conjuring.
0: Yay! <laughs> Such a good ghost story. It is, it is. Well, and your favorite of your genre, within the genre
1: itself. One we're getting your there. You want to yeah. tell us what it's about?
0: Sure. This movie starts in 1970, and demonologist Lorraine and Ed Warren are called to the home of Carolyn and Roger Perrin. The Perrins and their five daughters. Five daughters. Poor guy.
1: (laughs) He is (laughs) outnumbered in that house.
0: They've um, recently moved into a secluded farmhouse. Always has to be secluded. And it always seems to always be a farmhouse, right? it's a
1: nice house. It
0: is a really nice house. I'd move there. I would too, maybe. Maybe. Mm. Anyway. (laughs) So at this farmhouse, there's a supernatural presence that's rearing its Ugly ass head. And while, like at first, the occurrences are benign, in true haunted house fashion, shit starts to hit the fan fast, especially after the Warrens discover the house's macabre history.
1: Man, I love this movie. I think it's in my top ten favorite horror movies of all time. Really? That's how much I love this movie. And I know I was excited in February for found footage, but this... Haunted House, Ghost, both mostly Haunted House movies are my absolute favorite within the genre.
0: Well, I knew you were looking forward to this because you kept
1: mentioning May. Well, yeah, I love Haunted House movies. And this and to start it off with this. And, and why she's mentioning
0: May is because we've already plotted out the year as to what we're going to be talking about. So we're kind of... Each of us has has our own favorites, and she just kept going over May, May, May. <laughs> so, I,
1: I couldn't wait.
0: So we're here. We're finally. here. You know, I tend to forget bits and pieces of movies I've only seen a few times. Sometimes I forget the movie completely.
1: <laughs> yes. As you know. Yes, you do.
0: <laughs> and The Conjuring, I think I may have seen it twice, Max. Once with you and once with your dad. I've seen it a few times. Right. Of course, as I always say to you, it's like watching a
1: new movie. So, it can't be a bad thing, then, forgetting about movies. Yeah. So,
0: sure, I knew the premise, but I'd forgotten how really good this movie is. I love movies that deal with the supernatural and put that into a haunted house, and bingo. It's the right blend, just like coffee
1: beans. Wow. (laughs) That was good. That's a good one. I knew
0: you would appreciate that one. (laughs)
1: All right, let's head into some movie facts. Rotten Tomatoes, critics gave it 86. How exciting. And the audience, 83.
0: I'm impressed with both scores. Um, Me too. I'm impressed even more so by the critics because they're not always very favorable. Yeah, they're not
1: very friendly towards horror movies. But that was the whole buzz when this movie came out Mm -hmm. is the reviews were great. And I usually, when I go to the theater... I look up the movie, and I always look at the score because I mean, you sh- you probably shouldn't, so that you go in with your own unbiased. But I you know that, I, never, but I like knowing that
0: never really hurt us because we've really. gone to movies where it was like, oh wow, this is gonna be bad. And it ends up being amazing we, to, us. <laughs> to us. So that's really all that matters. True. I still find the scores amusing. I do think that maybe the audience score at 83 is because I think this is more of the type of genre, maybe more mainstream-ish. Right. As opposed to
1: something like what we covered
0: a couple like of the lodge. A, like
1: the lodge and the right. visit
0: <clears throat> and things like that. So
1: agree. I think slasher movies and ghost stories are more mainstream. Yeah. That's a good way to put sure. it. For sure. This movie was released in July of 2013. I can't believe how old this movie is. It's going to be 10 years old. In two years. I thought it was from, honestly, 2016, 2017. That just makes me realize I don't realize time is passing by. (laughs) (laughs) That's kind of. I didn't realize how old it is. (laughs) That kind of put a, I don't know, on me. It's like, huh? Really? Yeah, time is flying by. I've always wondered, and I, I commented on this. Recently, with you, when they make movies about exorcisms, ghosts, demonic possessions, anything like that, are the actors, the writers, everybody on the set, are they scared that they're bringing something on or conjuring something when they're filming these movies?
0: Good pun there. Uh
1: For example, this is going back. I'm and and I'm digressing because it has something to do with some facts I found out about the movie when. In Paranormal Activity, they play with the Ouija board. Right. Well, you you know what I mean. They attempt to play with it. That means it's on the set. Right. Are they not scared that it's actually conjuring a demon up? I would be scared. I don't know if I was an actor. I don't know if I would be comfortable doing a horror movie with a Ouija board or demons or ghosts because i don't know if something's going to come out of it
0: i think that all depends on the person's belief i guess so if they're just taking it as it's their job and it's a movie yeah. and they're not seeing it any other way probably not but i do see your point i think i would be a little trepiditious about having yeah. a, a ouija board especially i don't
1: know there's i feel like that's a gateway <laughs> mm-hmm. to something whatever is out there again just... it comes
0: down to belief i think
1: could be, but I I don't know. I've always thought about that. But that is a valid point. And that opens the door to these interesting facts I found out. When James Wan was working on the script one night, his adopted puppy started staring and growling aggressively at an empty side of the room. Sometimes my cats just look off into space at the ceiling or a corner too, and I'm like, are you looking at a ghost? What you, what How
0: about you when you're calling them, and you're calling their name, and you're making all this, and they just will not look away? Yeah, they won't break their their stare. Like my cat, Ting, she does that a lot sometimes. Mm. And, and they, they
1: always say that animals are very intuitive with ghosts and such. Exactly. And it freaks me out because yeah. I'm calling her, and she will not look away. I know. And her
0: eyes, you know, she's got really big eyes. They're yeah. like just almost bugging out of her head. Yeah. So sometimes that creeps me out a bit.
1: The writers of the movie, the Hayes brothers, also reported some funny business. Mm-hmm. On their phone chats with Lorraine Warren, the Lorraine Warren, they would have weird sounds and static and sometimes were cut off altogether. That
0: is creepy. That's really creepy. I wonder what Lorraine Warren had to say about that.
1: That'd be kind of cool to find out. Mm-hmm. The real Parent family visited the North Carolina set. Carolyn, the real Carolyn admitted that she had the same strange, dark presence feeling that she had back then on the... She had that feeling while she was on the set.
0: Wait, wait, wait. Let's back it up. You mean... Oh, that's right, because this is based... I forgot for a second there that this is based on actual experiences that the Warren had. This is one of their stories. And I did forget about that for a moment. So the actual Carolyn, the person... The real person.
1: Yes. Oh, oh, that is creepy. E. And later, she admitted to going to the hospital because she suffered a fall.
0: Creepy. Very.
1: The whole family also noted there was some cool wind which whipped through the set and it didn't move any of the surrounding trees.
0: Oh, that just gave me goosebumps.
1: <laughs> See what I mean? You're making a movie about demons. What, is what are you conjuring to? Creepy.
0: Very creepy.
1: Eek. Apparently, when this movie was being shown in Southeast Asia, Mm -hmm. they called upon Catholic priests to bless the audience before showing the film because the audience was having negative experiences after watching the movie. Oh, that is eek. They experience a negative presence, like that negative presence that Carolyn the real Carolyn mm-hmm. was talking about on the set.
0: Okay, that just giving me like extra double goosebumps yet again. That is nuts. I'm, I'm going to say something, though. Sure. I had trouble sleeping that night. Really? Yeah, I, I okay. don't know if it was just playing in the back of my head. Could be. And usually that doesn't happen to me anymore when I was younger, obviously. So this yes. was still
1: an effective movie for you. It
0: was because it still was like I kept waking up a couple of times and during the night Mm -hmm. and it it was because of this movie oh man yeah so
1: i will admit when when i got home you know the house was a little dark
0: it creeped you out i was
1: waiting (laughs) who's coming out from the back am i supposed to escort you home now after no 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 i'm a big girl i'm a big girl (laughs) the film's composer Bishara, get this he plays basheba (laughs) <laughs> i find that rather funny i mean Bashara played Besheba. it sounds very similar <laughs> it does <laughs> the real lorraine warren made a cameo oh man we're gonna have to go back and look at that i mean i don't mind going back to look i know you don't but <sighs> oh she was the older woman in the front row of the classroom in which carolyn sat in on when she was listening to the warren speak We definitely have to go back and look at that. I think so. I wish we had known this before. That would have been so cool to look. Vera Farmiga and Patrick Wilson, the actors who portrayed the Warrens, actually traveled to Connecticut before filming to spend three days with Lorraine herself. And this was especially important for Farmiga because apparently she just absorbed the essence of Lorraine Warren. Like even how she dressed, how she was, how she moved. So I think we're getting a pretty good glimpse at what Lorraine Warren was like. Wow, that's pretty cool. That's some good research, huh? The Conjuring had the highest opening weekend for an original R-rated horror movie. Yay! Isn't that great? It is. It grossed $41.9 million in three days. (laughs) Telling you, I remember the buzz for this. I do too.
0: I do too. It was a
1: big deal, especially in horror.
0: We had a buzz going on
1: from (laughs) it. (laughs) And then it also went on to be one of the highest-grossing horror films of all time. It made over three hundred million worldwide. The Holy most cow. recent like tally I saw on online was three hundred and nineteen point five million worldwide. Wow,
0: those are some serious. And folks. the
1: budget of the film, uh huh, twenty million. Wow, I'd say huge profit. That is a big profit. Another don't huge have be, profit.
0: You don't have to be a math genius to see. The money there. It's important to say that The Conjuring is the beginning of an incredible horror franchise.
1: Yes, it is. It's an amazing franchise. Sequel and spinoffs. Yes. And another sequel coming out this year. I know. You told me. I cannot
0: wait. Yes. I cannot wait to see that. I can't that. wait. Hopefully, we can actually see this in a theater. I think we should. Because... Hopefully, we can. Oh, my gosh. That would be so nice. It's, it's been, been so been over long. a year.
1: Yeah. So, Too maybe long. this will be... The first movie back. Maybe. I like it.
0: And I mentioned the franchise because the movie actually starts with the story of Annabelle. It's 1968. And Annabelle is one of the spinoffs from this whole franchise.
1: And Annabelle is another based on a true story. And the Warrens were also involved with Annabelle, the real Raggedy Ann doll.
0: It's crazy how many things these people were really involved yeah, with. They sure were. And that it's not just all a made up stuff. It comes from their own experiences.
1: Which makes it scarier. Right.
0: Right. Believe it or not, believe in it or not, it's still interesting. At least to me, it is. It is to me. There are these three kids, like they're college students. They're talking about their experience with Annabelle. And then you see that Annabelle is now in the Warrens' house.
1: Well, when they're talking, they're explaining their story. Which I never noticed before, and I said I've seen this movie a few times, Ed and Lorraine are sitting next to you. Mm -hmm. So you are the person in the middle. That's true, you did mention that. You're kind of on the sofa with with the Warrens. They're on your left and right talking Mm -hmm. to the three characters. It's important... To mention this, mm-hmm. when Ed is talking to those three characters about Annabelle, he says something that I mentioned in a previous episode, that the doll isn't haunted or the house isn't haunted. It's a conduit because it's actually being manipulated by a demon and they want to possess the person. And he said that ghosts were actual people that walked the earth. Demons are not.
0: You did mention this before, and I see that you're pretty fascinated by this, because I know when we were watching the movie, I think you either paused or
1: commented. Well, I said, I'm like, oh, look, (laughs) he says it. He says it, because it's true. There is a difference. And it's also, I believe, a difference in what the haunting is going to be like. That makes sense. Yeah. We fast forward. Now it's 1971, and we meet the Parent family, and they're moving into their new farmhouse. Out in the middle of nowhere on Rhode Island. First off, the dog is afraid to go in the house. Red flag And number here we go one. again. A dog. Or an animal. Of course. The pet. The family pet. <laughs> we already... The minute we saw the dog, <laughs> we were like, oh, oh great. Oh no, yeah. As usual, the dog. They're settling in, they're moving in, and the girls have this game that they apparently have been playing for years, and they want to play it now in their house, and The mom, Carolyn, is like, oh, you shouldn't be playing this because you don't know the layout of the house. They play um, hide and clap. First of all, no. (laughs) Just hell no. I do not like playing hide and seek. I played it as a kid, and it gave me all this anxiety of when is somebody going to pop out to to find me? Or if I was the seeker, who's going to pop out at me? You have some
0: deep-rooted issues.
1: (laughs) We're finding this out with this podcast, right?
0: We are. And you're going to find out some of mine at the end, too.
1: Okay. Just so you know. And I think this was... The Hide and Seek was pre-horror movie phase. So this was already... I was already a scaredy cat back then. This elevated it for you. All horror movies just elevated it for me. (laughs) But that game... Hell no, count me out. I would not play that game even as an adult.
0: That hide and clap though, it was kind of creepy.
1: It's a cool game though. When you think about it, it's kind of cool. But I mean, you want to play without it now? me? No, absolutely <laughs> not. And with you even less because you would go out of your way <laughs> to make it much more miserable for me. I would. I know it. I know. You're cracking up. I am. It's important to note that my mother loves to scare me on purpose when she knows I'm a chicken shit. (laughs) Yes, I do. I admit it.
0: (laughs) Roger, who plays the part of the father, goes investigating downstairs to the cellar slash basement that
1: they accidentally find. They did not know about this cellar.
0: Oh, That's true because the girls are playing the hide and seek and, and they one bump of them, into they it, they bump into it, they think they broke something, and then he realizes that it goes down into the cellar. They don't call it a basement, they call it a cellar. A cellar. Um, which then you looked up what the difference was, and at this point, I can't remember what it I, was. I, I, I do.
1: You do a cellar okay. is completely underground, the basement still ah, has yes. some coming above ground, above ground,
0: okay. Also, root cellar. Some people put like vegetables and things like that down there back in the day when people did stuff like that. I don't know. All right, then. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, so he goes down to the basement and it's, yes, it's creepy. Cellar. Sorry, cellar. He goes down to the cellar. And it is creepy in there, but I got to say, there was a lot of cool stuff down there.
1: They mentioned that there is some cool furniture in there. Yes,
0: American Pickers would have a blast in that place. Absolutely. I know I would. I'd like, like would. to
1: redo some furniture in there.
0: Mm-hmm. This movie stuff starts right away.
1: Right away. Well, I mean, it opens with the whole Annabelle story. <laughs> Even then, it was right away. That's true. Um, Carolyn, the mom,
0: who plays the mom, um, notices that all the clocks are stuck at 3.07.
1: You know that means something. Always does in horror movies. And she mentions that
0: she has a bruise and shows it to Roger. But they think nothing of it. Maybe in the move she got injured or whatever. Um, The girls, Nancy and Christine, mention how cold it is in their room. And then Andrea says that there's a really bad smell in her room.
1: Right. At night. The night before. Yes.
0: And then here comes the bad part. As usual. They find Sadie dead
1: outside. She never came into the house, apparently. So sad. It was. Poor Sadie. This movie moves so fast. It does. There's a lot going on. It's scene after scene after scene of something going on with the haunting. So if we're jumping and moving all over the place. It's because of that. I mean, my notes are all over the place. My notes are too, especially at the end. It was just so overwhelming and in a great way. Yes. All right. Like, I know. So I I was, it was really
0: hard for me to keep notes because I was honestly much more interested in watching the movie than keeping notes for this. So I was putting in, like, for example, more noises.
1: Right. What the hell does that mean? Clearly there were noises all the time. (laughs) Anyway, sorry to interrupt. Go ahead. The next night, Nancy and Christine, they sleep in the same room. Christine gets her leg pulled. And then she also says it stinks.
0: Well... I wrote in my notes just for laughs here. Fart smells. Fart
1: smells. (laughs) And Andrea had also said that she had a bad smell in her room the night before. That's right. So whatever this thing is, it's moving around. Clearly it's moving around. Mm -hmm. They show Roger that he fell asleep and now he's hearing this thumping sound. And it's Cindy in Andrea's room hitting her head against the wardrobe. And we find out that Cindy... Sleepwalks, something important for later.
0: Yes. Carolyn notices that she has even more bruises.
1: The next day, yeah. The next day.
0: Another thing that starts happening, which is really weird, and it's birds start to slam into the outside walls of the house.
1: Yeah. And literally killing
0: themselves. I know. In doing so. Poor thing. And it's now that Rory, the invisible imaginary playmate, shows up.
1: This is another creepy thing about horror movies and kids. There's always a kid who has an imaginary friend that's a ghost. And that's never good. (laughs) Just putting it out there. (laughs) It always (laughs) happens.
0: And we see April playing tea or whatever. And she's talking to someone. Right. And isn't that the part where her
1: mom She comes in and asks her, who are you talking to? And she sits where the friend. Would normally be. Would be sitting. And this is where we're introduced to this music box. Mm-hmm. Did you just hear that? I'm telling you. Maybe this is like movie making. Oh, no. We just heard some <laughs> weird, like, wind. <laughs> That's coming from the attic. Which is right above us.
0: <laughs> I think,
1: I think we're, we're freaking ourselves out. I think we
0: are. <laughs> so, going back to this music box. Music.
1: Listen. Let's take out the horror movie from the music box. Let's listen to it for a minute. Okay. All right, let me go back to what I was going to say. Mm-hmm. Let's take the music box out of the horror movie. If this music box was given to me right now, it would still sound freaky as hell. How is that a cute sounding music box for a kid? Do it you... just screams horror. Or maybe it's because I'm predisposed for it to sound freaky. Well, that that's where I was going to go. I mean, the music in itself, isolated by itself, it is it is kind of creepy. I don't think that should be given to a kid. It doesn't sound like all cute and lullaby-ish. I think it's supposed to give an element of a lullaby sounding melody, but to me it just sounds like horror movie. I <laughs> think But it could just be us. It could be
0: us. I I will say I've never been a fan of music boxing. Oh, no. Like, I did have that traditional one with a little ballerina.
1: Me too. When I was a kid, but... It never sounded creepy like that, though.
0: Well, as they get older, I think the mechanism maybe starts breaking down.
1: Mm. And I
0: think I, I am no That's expert. a good
1: point. The music box is old. So maybe the, the gears and everything in down there a little bit start more. sounding or they're rusting or, you know, you know. You're right.
0: Yeah. So, and I'm going by that because I remember having this, like I said, the traditional one was the ballerina. And it was a lot faster. The the music itself was faster. But then I remember when we moved, we meaning my parents and I moved, and it was stored away for a while. And then I found it several years later. Boy, that would have been something cool to still have. Anyway, I digress. I remember it being really slow. Hmm. And at that point, I also could have been contaminated I found it kind of
1: mm, not my cup of
0: tea. Yeah, yeah. I, I was like, oh, why did I like this?
1: The point is, it sounds really scary. And apparently this music box has that little mirror, which of course makes it worse, that you look into it and you see
0: Rory Rory
1: behind you.
0: And at this point, Carolyn, the mom, pops it open and you see like this little spirally thing going on and on and right. on as the music plays and you're just like, oh, my God. Oh, my God. When is this? You know something is going to happen.
1: Yep. And April pops out and scares her. And me. And you. <laughs> and
0: me. Because you jumped too. I did. I, <laughs> I have. I will admit that this movie did a lot of jump scares for me.
1: Yes, it did. It you did. Were, you were on edge. Oh, yes, You I were was. on edge.
0: And we're going to cover that more in depth later on, how on edge I was.
1: Now they decide to play this hide and clap game that I can't stand. With their mom. Well, it's April and just the mother. Oh, that's true. That's right. They play it. Carolyn is the seeker. (laughs) (laughs) April is hiding. So they start. You hear the clap. Carolyn goes into Andrea's room where this beautiful wardrobe Mm -hmm. is. And the wardrobe opens. I'm getting chills. (laughs) And out come these hands from within the wardrobe and clap. Horrible. Because you know, I mean, she's blindfolded. It's important, the the seeker is blindfolded, and she can't see the hands, but you as the audience is seeing it. And I'm like, oh my god. You're like, no, no, don't go, no, no. So she goes to the wardrobe, you know, she says, I got you, and no, there's There's no one there. there. Just the clothes, and she's rifling
0: through the clothes, and she, you can see that she's like, wait, what?
1: Yeah, and April pops out like, hey, you You cheated, you lost, not cheated, you lost because you took your blindfold off. Yeah. That's when you know shit is going down in this movie. I think
0: at this point, now it starts to escalate even more Well, now you have a visual.
1: Because Rory, you don't know. Mm -hmm. You don't see him yet. Yet, not yet. Yet. But now you saw something. And that wasn't a child.
0: No, it wasn't. That was an
1: adult Mm -hmm. hand or arms.
0: Yes. The next scene in this movie creeps me the hell out and i'm gonna get into more details when we get further into the podcast but i'm just gonna go over it christine and nancy sleep together in the The same room the two sisters sleep in the same room Mm -hmm. and it's already happened that her leg gets pulled but now it gets pulled and she kind of gets pulled even further and she wakes up and she realizes that it's not nancy she does and right now at this point this the anxiety in this scene for me was yeah just, you were I was on the edge
1: you were really out of control with this one yeah she starts looking under the bed I think this is a big fear for you it, it is anything with under the bed I mean anything scares me but you I've noticed other movies with characters looking under a bed I, you I get hate all like when oh, they no. do that I, I just yeah
0: it, it freaks me out so she's looking under the bed thank God nothing's there. And then she gets up from under the bed, from looking under, and she starts saying, "There's something standing in the." Co- I'm getting goosebumps. There's something standing in the corner, and she keeps saying it over and over and over. And the door is slightly ajar, I think. And yeah, it is. The corner is dark, but at the same time, not super dark. I don't it know. Is. It was it was dark, but I kept feeling like. But I felt like it was exceptionally dark. Yeah, but also within it, I kept seeing movement or maybe I was imagining
1: I didn't see movement. But that's the point. It's your perception of it.
0: Exactly. And by then, Nancy wakes up and she is also
1: paralyzed in fear. But she gets up. She gets up to go check Mm -hmm. behind the door and is telling Christine, there's nothing here. Right. Nancy then faces Christine and Christine is insisting... There's something standing right behind you. Oh, my God. You as the audience, you still don't see anything. But you see Nancy just standing there, like, looking around. She's like,
0: starting to get she's scared, She's starting too. to get scared.
1: And maybe even feeling whatever is there. At least that's what I got. And then the door slams shut. And oh. they freak out. hmm The parents come running in. And Christine is in tears at this point and is telling her dad... That whatever this presence is, was also talking to her. And it says that it wants my family dead. Yeah.
0: That, Oh, this scene is just, oh my god. Ugh. <laughs> it's
1: good stuff. Good stuff. And it's all without a visual or makeup or any. It's just about building the tension.
0: And that's why this scene is so good.
1: It is. The mom wakes up the next day with more bruises. Mm-hmm. Then the, that following night... I thought this night was scary. Carolyn is folding clothes, laundry, and it's suggested that the girls are asleep because she hears clapping like if they're playing hide and clap, but she says, girls, it's past your bedtime. Oh, that's right. She does. Yeah. So she comes out and she checks the rooms and the girls are asleep. You know, everybody's asleep. Then all of a sudden they have on their stairwell family photos. They all come crashing down. And you you, hear a kid laughing. I was going to
0: say, you do hear like a child laughing. Like
1: if he, it knocked it down. First of all, how did all that crashing not wake up the kids? Oh Yeah, that's true. That would have woken my ass up. (laughs) Immediately. Then she hears noise coming from the The cellar. cellar. Of course. So she goes in to see what's going on. And she falls down the stairs and the door closes behind her. Oh, of course it does. So now she's there on the floor of the cellar. It's like gray. and this ball comes out of nowhere. So much tension, and then she goes back up to try to get out of of the cellar, but it's pitch black now. Of course, the light bulb of course, breaks. The light bulb went forbid. out. God forbid. So she's lighting these matches to see what's going on. That that part is very another one. Filled. Another. I actually remembered this scene. I just didn't remember when. The timing, but I remembered it.
0: Her turning on the matches over it, and I'm like, "Oh god!" Because I'm I waiting,
1: looking through my fingers. I don't. You're know you waiting. Noticed. You're waiting. I did notice. You're waiting <laughs> for when the light strikes her that there's something. There's going to be something behind her. Mm-hmm. There really isn't, but then the last time she lights the match, you hear a kid say. Want to play hide and clap, and then his little hands come out and clap right next to her. And okay. we just screamed. Well, when I first saw it, for sure, I was yelling like a mad woman. I screamed at, the at this part.
0: I did. I-, I will admit
1: that I shrieked at this time. And then you just, the you know, it goes dark, and you just hear her yelling. So I don't know. You don't know what happens to her. It's probably just her freaking out because it's pitch black. It's just scary. <laughs> what's in there with me? Oh, she's me. freaking out, for sure. I mean, I would be... Inconsolable, probably.
0: And now we'll take a short break and we'll be right back. Now, while that stuff is going on that same night, Cindy is back at the armoire in Andrea's room and she's banging her head again against the armoire. Andrea, you see her, you know, guiding her sister back to her own bed, to Andrea's bed, but then... All of a sudden, the armoire or wardrobe, as you call it, is continues banging and banging and banging, and both girls are on the bed. And all of, all of a sudden, mm-hmm. they they they're looking. You're looking at the wardrobe, and the camera is pan, panning up, and who's up on top of it? But Bathsheba. Oh my God!
1: And I wrote in my notes that you yelled. Oh, I, I mean, you oh, I yelled. Yeah. Oh, I did. I again, I admit that this movie had I, you on edge. I may have beat you. <laughs> like, maybe eh, I think we're head to head there, may but yeah,
0: I... <laughs> you're pretty close. And that thing like jumps out of there. Oh my god, that part is just
1: oh, it, it's a lot. It's a lot. Roger does get home from, um, we find out that he's a, a trucker, right. And he gets home to all this yelling and chaos. And, and he's like, what's going on? Like, he goes to get Carolyn and the girls, and it's just... And then the music, it's just everything.
0: Yeah. It the just music, escalates. The music is really intense in this movie. Yeah, it is. It really is. C- Carolyn and Roger have decided they've had enough. And Carolyn decides to approach the Warrens. And at first, they're reluctant. But I think something in Carolyn touched Lorraine. Yes. And Lorraine says, we will go. The minute that they walk into the house, it's important to say that now they're all sleeping in the living room together.
1: Yes, the family is sleeping in the living room together.
0: You can tell that Lorraine feels or sees stuff immediately.
1: Yeah, her demeanor changes. Her eyes are, I'm not going to say bug-eyed, but they are very wide because you get the sense that she's seeing something that we don't.
0: Right. And and just to back up a little bit, the reason that Ed, her husband, Lorraine's husband, doesn't want to take on this case is because apparently she's had some kind of trauma with a prior exorcism that maybe, that has left her a little... Shell-shocked, shell-shocked I would say. Shell-shocked, and... He's very protective of her, which is... I love their relationship. Yeah,
1: their relationship is so nice.
0: It is. It is super sweet. Um, So he's very protective of her, and that's why he at first did not want to do it. But Lorraine being Lorraine just felt she, something, and she had to go.
1: She's portrayed very caring. Like, she does want to help everyone as much as possible. They both do. Honestly, they both have this caring... But I do like that they also showed them like ruling out. Okay, it's your pipes. It's your wood floor. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Yeah,
0: they they start talking about they start asking um the parent family what's going on and they talk about the that rancid smells are usually signs of demonic activity. Um, the things that are in, in threes are an insult to the Holy Trinity. It, it was a very interesting conversation that he's having with them and talking about what they're experiencing. And they go down to the cellar. Of course. And Lorraine's face literally says it all. And then she says it. Something awful happened here, Ed. hmm And, and you feel the dread when yeah. she says that. It's really intense.
1: Lorraine goes to speak to April and sees her music box. Of course, Lorraine opens it and she sees Rory. And so do we.
0: We get to see Rory. Poor kid, though.
1: Lorraine then goes to the backyard where this, I think it's a really cool tree.
0: It's a beautiful
1: tree. It's a beautiful tree. She's standing, you know, the little dock that they have there and Ed is behind her. And as he's talking to her, they're talking. She's not facing him yet. You hear... It's amazing how you know what the sound is. You hear what sounds like a rope. Mm-hmm. And that somebody is hanging from a rope, from a noose. You mm-hmm. hear the the rope sound.
0: The going back and forth. The of rocking somebody Of the hanging, body.
1: Right. And she turns around to look at Ed and she sees these two dirty feet below a skirt mm-hmm. or a dress. And there's something disturbing about that. Her face was like freaked out and obviously it zooms out and shows you everything but just seeing the feet was enough i think that was even more
0: impressive i mean yeah it was pretty creepy when they zoom out but, but just
1: the feet were the
0: point of impressive. view that you're looking at ed because mm-hmm. it's you it's you're in her place looking yeah. at ed yeah. and all you see are those feet swaying yeah oh it it was like oh yeah, it was good. It was a good... I would
1: have been happy with just that. They didn't even have to zoom yeah, out. Yeah, they didn't have to zoom but out. But it was cool, too. But it
0: was pretty... Ugh, anything hanging is always eek.
1: Then Lorraine goes to explain everything to the parents that basically this entity has latched onto the family. So they can't leave. They can't really do anything physically to get rid of it. And then she explains how when she, the minute she got there, she saw this entity and you see it as well moving around the family. Can you imagine that? No thanks. Ed sets up a tape recorder, which is cool because it's so antiquated now. It would just probably be this setup right now or just your cell phone versus the microphone and the tape recorder. And
0: and the reels and all that stuff. All that stuff.
1: He sets this up to interview Carolyn and, and Roger. The Warrens go home and he apparently is reviewing this interview footage And he comes back to speak to Lorraine and says, they didn't... She,
0: it's Carolyn.
1: Carolyn's voice did not record. And we also, at that point, find out the history of the land Mm -hmm. and the house. Would you like to explain that?
0: Of course I would. The house once belonged to an accused witch whose name was Bathsheba Sherman. She sacrificed her one-week-old child to the devil. Evil. Then she killed herself, and this happened in 1863, and she killed herself at 3.07 a.m. Now we know why they stop, why the clocks stop at 3.07. Exactly. She cursed everybody who would come and take her land. And through the years, that said land, because it was acreages and acreages, was parceled out. Sold out. What Lorraine found was numerous reports of murders and suicides in the houses that were built on those properties. So now we have what the story is and why things are going on at the house itself.
1: As Lorraine is talking to Ed about the history of that land, the tape recorder starts making moaning and static sounds in place of Carolyn's voice. Mm -hmm. And the clock stopped at 3.07. Mm-mm.
0: Mm-mm. <laughs> this is when the dis- the Warrens, then you see them setting up the next day. The house was um, cameras and bells and all kinds of different little things around the house to detect um, movement and uh, presence.
1: Isn't it cool to see all those old cameras and the it flash was. and all that? And the stuff that they use. And the the, ca- the old handheld camera the and he had one. the tape recorder uh-huh. to go with it. Yeah. Okay. It was
0: it was good. It was, it was cool. cool. Along with the Warrens, they bring um their assistant Drew and also um Brad, who is the Harrisville police officer. And from what I remember, it's because it's to gather evidence to show.
1: Well, and it's to protect them that there it wasn't a murder or some kind of foul play. It's to validate that to it validate. was. Ooh, a good ghost. word to
0: validate it, yes.
1: That first night with the investigation, nothing really happens. They they go into the cellar with the camera and the recorder, but nothing really happens. It's the next morning, and it's all this. They're making pancakes, and they're all happy, and Carolyn is is happy for a moment that the house seems happy. Normal, yeah. Normal. Roger says he's going to take the kids out for ice cream, and then Lorraine and, and Ed... Suggest to Carolyn, you know, it's okay, go rest and we'll take over, you know, some house chores, which was very nice. Very nice, yes. You see Ed and Lorraine outside and they're, you know, they're hanging laundry and having a nice time. Because they were, they were like, "Mm -hmm. oh, let's move out into the country, let's fix their car and blah, blah, blah. (laughs) (laughs) These are such nice people. They are. Then the scene changes a little later that it gets cloudy. Lorraine it's is ominous.
0: Out. Ominous is what it is. I
1: like it. Lorraine is out there taking down. It looks like they're taking down the laundry now. I guess from it being dry, and it looks like it's gonna rain. And all of a sudden, it gets windy, and the sheet goes flying, and the sheet gets stopped by an entity, a and it fo- and you see it, the formation of a body, and we both jumped. That's a, that's a really good scary scene, and then the sheet flies up to the window, and then when the sheet comes down from the wind, you see, Bathsheba. Bathsheba in the window, and, and then Lorraine she turns, freaks out, and Bathsheba turns. The scene cuts to Carolyn sleeping. She gets a bruise of a hand on her forearm, mm-hmm. and out of nowhere,
0: getting goosebumps
1: because it, it's scary too. And it cuts to Bathsheba coming into the camera. Like you're in Carolyn's point of view, and you just see Bashiba,
0: Bashiba's right
1: on top of her, which and ain't pretty. It's not pretty. Now you get a real visual of mm-hmm. her, Mm-mm. and she vomits into Carolyn, into which her mouth, is metaphorical for I'm in you now. She has possessed her. Yeah, right now, at this moment, this
0: is when Carolyn is possessed. So wait, this isn't not this. Not only is a Ghost haunted house, it's also possession. It's a combo deal. And trifecta. <laughs>
1: Three for one. Yes. <laughs> it's the next night, and now they're gonna do more investigation. This time, Cindy's walking, she's doing her sleepwalk, actually. Mm-hmm. And she triggers a camera light. And Ed is like, that's not normal. It's not triggered with us, it's triggered for an entity. So of course you're oh, something's on her or with her. Right. She goes to the wardrobe. And disappears. And that's when they find that there is a hidden spot behind the wardrobe. And then now you kind of re- you realize that it's Rory who's guiding Cindy. I think Rory is a good ghost. Right. He's trying to show her this is where he goes to hide. When he's afraid. When he's afraid. Lorraine volunteers to <laughs> go in between the walls. You see. There's like a little shelf in there, and you see where the music box used to actually be. Mm -hmm. I was going to say hang out, but a box (laughs) doesn't hang out, I guess. (laughs) Obviously, it was a toy Rory used to use. She finds a noose there as well. And that's when she falls. You also freaked out because it's loud. It it's is. also just so loud. It is
0: very loud. I and mean, she falls
1: She falls hard, man. Down. I don't know if I would have been able to get up after that. I but mean, adrenaline, I think, is...
0: I guess. But dry. she falls and she falls hard. And she yeah. falls all the way down
1: into the, the cellar. cellar. And then some freaky ass shit happens in there. She sees the ghost... She sees feet, you know, the feet of Bathsheba again, the hanging feet, and it moves towards her. Um, she uses the music box again, and she sees this other woman who turns around and says, she made me do it. Right. And, and this, that's- is,
0: this is where we find out that Rory was killed by his mom. Yeah. And that's the woman that says, this is what she made me do involuntarily obviously Bathsheba forced her to kill her child
1: right because this is part of that sacrifice Mm -hmm. you're sacrificing your 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 child child. it's just scary it is it's it's the visuals too like the faces of of these people Lorraine eventually runs up the cellar and her necklace stays behind Which is important. This necklace or locket, it's a locket with Mm -hmm. a picture of her daughter. Her daughter gave it to her because she found it at a garage sale or something with her grandmother. And her daughter, Judy, also has one with a picture of her parents. Right. This is important for a scene that's coming up, which I did not make a connection with until we watched it the Mm -hmm. other night. Very important. Lorraine runs up and realizes that this is what Bathsheba is doing. She is trying to feed off of Carolyn and kill her child. But they also don't know that she's being possessed by...
0: They don't realize it yet. They don't don't know know it. They don't know it. So
1: that's kind of freaky on its own. Ed and Lorraine realize that, oh my God, these people need uh, a priest and an exorcism. Which, of course, needs approval from the Vatican... They, you know, they go to a a local priest and show proof of the manifestation that they keep saying. And they show that picture of Cindy with Rory's hand. Mm -hmm. Freaky.
0: And that's when the priest says, I'm going to push this through. Even though the the parents are not part of the church or or haven't gone through the sacraments and all that other stuff. But he feels that it's important. So he wants to move this along.
1: Lorraine is in the backyard. She's by that dock and she has a vision of Judy in the water. Oh, that's right. And she thinks it's a sign. So she rushes into the house crying, calls her mom to make sure that Judy's okay. Judy's okay. And Ed is like, what's wrong? And Lorraine is saying, we got to go. We got to go home to make she... sure that Judy's okay. So they have to go. And you feel her terror. Yeah.
0: Because she knows that She something's knows wrong. something's
1: up. They leave. They leave. And the parents also go to a hotel.
0: With the kid. yeah. They leave the house, everybody.
1: Out of the house. We now go to the Warrens' house. They have this occult museum, which they actually did have in real life, mm-hmm. by the way, where they keep all these relics from their investigations, these possessed relics. And Ed Warren said uh, towards the beginning that he gets it blessed by a priest. Annabelle's in there everything's in there
0: but it is under lock and, lock key, and key but and not bolt. just not just a lock and a key yeah when they show the outside of the door yeah there are so many deadbolts on that door that it, it's crazy but hell i think i would i would even put some something else i on would top put of like
1: a, a dresser in front of it i don't know <laughs> some kevlar yeah <laughs> Nail it nothing's on. getting out of this thing bars yeah. I would probably have a double door on it, I know, to right? be honest. right? Two doors, just in case. <laughs> it's the grandmother and Judy. Judy is the Warrens' daughter. They're at home, asleep, and Judy wakes up um, to a noise. She goes to investigate. Of course. The kid is smart, though. She turns on oh the lights. Oh, my God. She was smart. She That's turned on the That's dark a dark-ass house. Honestly, I mean, any house it's, at night well, is really course. dark. The grandmother's asleep, doesn't hear anything. And as you see Judy coming down the stairs, you you see the camera puts in the frame the occult room, and it's open. And that's how is that open when Ed has the key and they're not home yet. And you see all the locks on that door. Yeah, that are all open. Yes. This poor little girl. She's so scared. I know. She goes into their study, and what's in there is this rocking chair. Rocking
0: chairs have become very creepy lately. They have become
1: very creepy lately from the visit (laughs) and now. And in the chair, I believe it's Bathsheba. Yes. And she's combing Annabelle, who then turns around. And looks... I thought this scene was so impressive because Bathsheba does not turn around. No, she doesn't. At all. But it's Annabelle. It is a
0: terrifying scene, though. It is.
1: And you hear, like, the rocking, and it's just the way the... The actress is rocking. Actually, the actor, because it's the composer. Right. Is rocking in the chair. And the the way that the, the, the sound of the combing and the way Annabelle just turns around and looks at poor Judy. And Judy freaks out. She gets locked in there yeah. and just starts screaming and screaming. And finally, the grandmother wakes up. Mm-hmm. And she comes down. She can't get the door open. And luckily... Ed and Lorraine get home, and they were able to open the door just in time because the rocking chair came flying at poor Judy. And would have probably, probably would him, have,
0: or at least injured, injured her, her
1: I, I don't know, for sure, I don't know. It would have been a pretty bad injury. The necklaces are a big factor in this. Because it stayed at the house, and she has one, I think it linked. It linked. It the linked The Sheba 2. That's some pretty powerful... Entity. I mean, that's scary. That's a very malicious evil. Right, because it, it's going to
0: to the kid. Yeah. But it is the necklace that connected it. Yeah. Because it stayed in the house. And
1: it, and it showed you a shot of it. And mm-hmm. then when you cut to the scene of Judy and the grandmother, you know, sleeping in the house, they show the necklace moving. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of saying, hey, I'm here now and really thinking about it. It's saying, hey, I'm here. I'm here to fuck you up. (laughs) (laughs) All right. After this, I honestly have no notes. I know. Because like we said earlier, there's too much going on. And I was so involved in all the drama going on. I was like, I I can't keep up. I just have to pay attention and hope I retain some information. (laughs) Especially because I've seen the movie a few times. It really is. It just goes nonstop from here. And, and the whole
0: movie is nonstop. But is. this part, it just spirals. It's insane.
1: I feel like this is one of those horror movies where they don't give you room to breathe oh too my, much. Yes. it. You took the words right <laughs> out of my
0: mouth. I was just about to
1: say that. A lot of horror movies, they have sections of Positive. scare, scare. Lots of, you know, moments of, okay, comedic relief or some calm. There are a little, like when they all had the little breakfast or when the cop made the funny moment where he was in the bathroom and everybody freaked out because the little bell rang. Mm -hmm. But other than that, it's, it's not a lot of downtime. No. It's a lot of scare time. And that builds in you, the viewer. It does. There's a scene where Roger comes back to the hotel and the daughters come out saying, Dad, Mom has run off with Christine and April. And he's like, Oh, shit. Mm -hmm. They drive back to the house. The other girls stay at the hotel. And this is where all hell breaks loose.
0: This is where your notes end.
1: Oh, yeah. Because the last thing I wrote was, um, Carolyn takes Christine and April.
0: (laughs) (laughs) And my notes become very, like, one or two sentences. Because I can't... I I was like, I don't want to be typing while I'm missing the movie. Like, break floor open. Chair Levitation. Yeah. <laughs> they get really choppy. Um, It's just nonstop. And you go back to the house and you find that Carolyn is trying to kill her kids.
1: And then they try to take Carolyn out and they can't. Like she gets physically burned.
0: Yeah, she starts to burn.
1: And then she kind of comes back in and she gets dragged into the cellar. Mm-hmm. And there was a fleeting moment where the real Carolyn came out saying, Roger, help me. Yes. And then she gets taken.
0: But there's a part here that's really cool.
1: And I don't mean to
0: interrupt you here. But at that part, this was a really cool part of the filming. And you know, I love that kind of stuff. Mm -hmm. They actually flipped it upside down, which is her view as she's being dragged, if I remember. Um, They literally put the frame upside down which is how it would be from her point of view.
1: This movie has a lot of moments where you are the character. You're Lorraine, you're Carolyn. You're the you're, kids. You're that person's eyes. Mm-hmm. Add some little personal touch there
0: it, it to is. your viewing
1: pleasure. Yeah, exactly. Drew, um, the assistant, is trying to help find Christine while they try to also find April. Drew finds...
0: Christine puts her in the car. And I think it's one of the cars, a cop car, whatever. I would not have stayed out there. By Me myself. either.
1: Mm-mm. I mean, I don't, honestly, I don't know what I would do. I'm not going to go in the house, but I don't want to be in the car by myself. By yourself. So what do you do? I don't know. I don't know what's the better situation I don't here. either. But he well, leaves her in there. maybe stay in the car because all the action is happening in the in house. In the house. And the actual entity is in the house.
0: Right. And then we see Drew trying to break through the floor. I think it's in the kitchen because I think he hears or it's in one of the rooms. He hears April. But in the meantime, while all this is happening, there are birds again pounding into the house and killing themselves, basically. Ed decides that he needs to perform an exorcism. They've literally tied up Carolyn to a chair. They have a sheet over her, which was very creepy.
1: It was It was so good to see that. It was
0: disturbing because you don't
1: see her face, but her movements are just, oh my God. It was good. It was like an old school um, sheet. Ghost. Mm-hmm. Well, obviously, it's not a ghost. Yeah, and it just definitely was bright... not. It wasn't Casper the friendly no. ghost. <laughs> and the bright light on her, that fluorescent, yes. like dramatic, with the contrast of the darkness behind her, yeah. all the noise, and then when she like vomited blood
0: through the sheet, Oh.
1: And I liked when the sheet it tore, and you just see you know, a little a piece bit of the of the demon's face. I'm like, oh. but it was kind of like, was it me or was did it kind of fluctuate between? Yeah. The, the, the demon and her. The,
0: Bathsheba's face and yeah. her. Okay, because I was like, wait, maybe I'm adding that. Because sometimes I think my brain adds more stuff to it. But Mm-mm. that whole scene is very impactful. Agree. And and even though Ed says that I'm not ordained to do this, but he feels that he has to do something.
1: Right. And Lorraine convinces him because he's very doubtful. And she said, you know, we're you here. You have to do it. This is why God put us together. It's right. to do this. Exactly. So they do. Then I thought this was so cool when she gets flipped in the chair. Mm -hmm. And now she's like, quote unquote, hanging from the ceiling with the chair. That was another creepy visual. Yeah. And then she falls. Drew says he found April in the kitchen under that she's in the cross space. Mm -hmm. And Carolyn or whatever she is now, you see her look at the camera like, oh, That's where she is. So she automatically runs under the house from the cellar to go towards April. And everybody freaks out to try to get to April first. Carolyn does finally get to April, but there's... And then she gets to her, and there's like this partition where Lorraine is trying to reach out to Carolyn. Mm -hmm. And then Ed is still trying... His portion of everything. The
0: exorcism portion. The exorcism. They're all under the house at this point, basically. And, in the crawl space.
1: And Lorraine is telling her, you know, you can do this. We need you.
0: Remember the picture this that they had talked about before and all right. that stuff.
1: And it works. hmm Because Carolyn then vomits out the entity. And the possession's over. And the possession is over. And the cop has had it. Yes,
0: let's let's talk for a second about the cop, the cop who's there as a witness. At one point, at the beginning of when they get to the house, you he's like, he's yeah, he doesn't making, believe in he it. He doesn't believe in it. He's kind of making fun of it. By by now, he's already seen one ghost who showed herself to him and said, said she made me do this, and she's got. You know, the cuts. cuts on her arms like she cu- killed herself. And he's starting to freak out. When that chair was levitating, this was one moment of comedic relief because I mentioned it to you. Yeah. He literally looked like he has had enough of this shit.
1: <laughs> he's like, give me a... I think he even says it at the end, like, give me a criminal with a gun any day. Exactly.
0: <laughs> he was like, done. He was done. done.
1: And the movie ends. It's it's It is a happily ever after. But it didn't bother me because mm-hmm. they...
0: They went through so much they through so that they much. deserved to live.
1: And the, the characters, honestly, every character was very likable. And it was, I didn't want any harm to come to any anything. And it, it was just ph- phenomenal. The Warrens take as a uh, motif the music box. What I think is after every investigation that they do or are involved in, they always bring back whatever... The source of some evil kind was. Of, there we go. Annabelle was clearly the source. Here it's kind of hard to pinpoint, but they chose the music box. And but I think maybe that's that great. music
0: box, they took it because they know that that's a connection.
1: Well, true, because if they look through it, it's like a portal and you can see.
0: Right. So who knows what could come through there? So it's right. best to have it in that special room.
1: Right. The movie ends... The movie ends with the music box open and just playing. And, you know, the mirror moving and you're even, the movie even ends on a high note. Yes. Because nothing happens. You don't see anything in the mirror. But you know. But you're like, is something going to happen? What's going to happen? And why is this playing in here? Mm-hmm. Yeah, you need to come bless this Some room more. again. Okay? Because why is it open in the first place?
0: Let me let me start by saying that room, oh, Hell
1: no, Uh, no. I mean, I'd be really curious though.
0: I I would be curious too, but oh my god, I would need an. How can they live
1: in that house?
0: I I would be so scared. I would be too. I don't. I don't think I would feel comfortable. I could not do it. I mean, they probably should have it separate in a warehouse somewhere else. But I agree. I guess maybe they rather have it
1: there to keep watch over it. I think that's the intention, but damn.
0: But, oh my gosh. That's,
1: that's too much responsibility for my soul. That is a lot of responsibility. <laughs> They're like gatekeepers. Yeah. Think about it that yeah, way. They're they like are. gatekeepers. And I liked that... Something didn't show up in the mirror. Mm-hmm. I think it's better that you're just left with this and then it just goes black and the movie's over and, then it's and they over. show you, you know, all the real Warrens, the pictures and everything.
0: They actually showed that was pretty cool. I, love when, cool. I love when they, they do that They showed the clips, the newspaper clips from yeah. the Warrens, from the parents, everybody. So oh, was, and,
1: and, and And, at the end, when, because this is going to be a great transition. Oh, here we go, here we go. What? So at the end, also, you know, they show the Warrens getting home and before. Um they show the music box playing on its own. Lorraine comes to Ed and says, "Oh, they're calling us about a case in in New York." Mm. And it's the Amityville house. <laughs> oh my god. Which they really did work on as well in real life. I'm so excited. I can tell. <laughs>
0: I can tell just looking I at know. you. You're like you can't even talk, you're so excited. So exciting. Let's talk about the sound in this movie.
1: Oh, there's sound.
0: There is. The music score, but aside from that, it, it it gets you all tensed up. But it's an integral part of building what I like to call atmospheric anxiety in this movie. If you didn't okay. have it, I think a lot of the scenes would be a lot less intense than what they it were. It would be
1: very different. The score on this one... um, <laughs> I don't know how to describe this music. Let's let's have a listen. I mean the brass instruments in this and the violin or some kind of string. It is so oh. intense. I Just listening to it like that is horrible. Without even
0: having the visual to accompany it. Horrible but...
1: as in horrifying. Horrifying.
0: <laughs> just you playing it now I was like in goosebumps and again it builds this weird anxiety inside of me I don't know if how it affects you but it does I feel it inside so kudos to whoever came up with that score what was the name of the guy the Bashar Bashara
1: yeah he had it was him with other musicians as well they collaborated and there's This vocal in there. Yes. Because you hear a a hint of a vocal and it's... It's
0: perfectly done. It it is is. amazing. It's great.
1: When I hear that, I know it's The Conjuring. Mm -hmm. I know it belongs to this.
0: It's it's amazing. It's great.
1: All right, Mom. Your best scene. I think you've been wanting to talk about this for a while. I have. Since we started the
0: episode. Okay. The scene that really got to me was the one where the daughter Christine gets her leg pulled and she realizes that it's not her sister messing around with her. And that's when that scene really builds up for me. This is what I like about this movie. The scenes build up something. And in the meantime, you don't even realize how tense you are because the tension and anxiety in this movie are at a low simmer. And then all of a sudden it just boils over. In different scenes.
1: And the music helps.
0: And the music obviously helps. Now, Christine is looking under the bed, which as a child, for me, I was terrified of doing that. And that's when she also realizes that something's standing in the corner watching her. The terror that Christine feels is downright palpable. Her her sister Nancy is paralyzed in utter fear, and what those two girls are feeling is really contagious to you the viewer. I could feel my own mouth and throat drying out. I know that my heartbeat was a little faster. Um, I had butterflies in my stomach from the fear and anxiety that this scene in the movie caused and I think it's because I can relate to this scene on a personal level. It touches on a lot of fears that I have had since I was a kid and I'm going to say this. It was way before I ever even watched a horror movie. I always hated dark corners in my bedroom. They give me the heebie-jeebies. Now, I don't see well because I wear contacts and glasses. So when I see stuff, it's blobbish. So I can't define it. And that kind of freaks me out. I mean, have you ever noticed, like, I'll give you an example. Have you ever noticed that corners seem especially dark when all the lights are off? Yeah, like you're in your room. It's dark, but you can kind of see the furniture and right. But corners, hmm. they always seem especially dark. I'm gonna have to notice tonight. <laughs> Great. <laughs> maybe maybe you don't want to. Maybe not. Um. Hopefully, also, I'll forget. I also have this weird. I I hate having closets doors open. Oh, me too. Or partially open. Me too. In the bedroom. Same. Sometimes, like, the closet door in our bedroom is a little bit open or fully open. And your dad already <laughs> knows that I can't sleep if it's open. I get it. So I there's it. a lot in this movie in that scene. And that's why it's my favorite scene that touches on my own fears. So there you go.
1: See? Now I got it learning. out of my system. <laughs> we're, we're learning about our fears from childhood, I guess. Mm-hmm. And how horror movies play on them. That must mean whoever makes the horror movies also have these fears. Of course, they have to. It's not just us. Do you guys have these fears? Oh, I want to know. You should let us
0: know. Definitely. Yes, yes, I want to know. Send us an email, please. We'll give you the details at the end of the show, but I'd love to hear what your fears are. So enough about my fears. What was your best scene in the movie?
1: It was hard for me to choose. I feel... Like, the movie as a whole is just a huge, amazing scene, mm-hmm. honestly. I was torn between a few scenes, but I ultimately chose the scene where Judy, the Warren's daughter, is getting attacked. One, it was very scary. Two, it showed how strong this entity, this Bashiba, really is. Three, also how strong a connection can be. Like... It's because of the two necklaces that this entity was able to come to the Warren's house. It was the conduit. The necklace was a conduit. They should probably lock... Well, no, because technically Bathsheba's gone. But maybe they should lock up those lockets too. (laughs) Lock up the lockets. And it was was just interesting to see Bathsheba and Annabelle Together. together. It was that whole rocking chair and her not turning around was very successful in scaring me. And then just the doll... Turning around to look at you. And I felt like Bathsheba was looking at us through the through doll. Through the doll. So I just, the whole power of that necklace and the connection and can something be that strong that it reaches home? Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah. Oh, I can see why you, yeah, that makes sense. I can see why you like that scene now. It
1: was a, it was a powerful scene. Hmm.
0: Okay. So let's go on now to our favorite characters.
1: What's your favorite character? Well,
0: look at my notes. Read it. Read it. Just read it now. Wow.
1: (laughs) Lorraine? Yes. Damn. She is the best. That's my favorite character, too. I love her character. I like
0: how the actress portrayed her. Like She just seems like such a down-to-earth, caring human being. You feel it in the movie
1: kudos to vera farmiga cuz that role was made for her mm-hmm. she really portrayed this person i like how her energy was cool i don't know that's true yeah it, she it's had a energy. really nice energy to her and she felt powerful like she in 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 the sense that she was powerful in her gift and she was strong but still kind and calm and, and just compassionate. this, this energi- energizing personality that was just cool. Like, I'd want to know her.
0: I'd I I'd love to, like, hang out with her and, like, talk to her about stuff.
1: <laughs> Me too. It, it would be cool.
0: But, yeah, we both agree on, on characters. And now we go to the best unlikable character.
1: I don't have an unlikable character. I liked everybody.
0: You? <sighs> this... <laughs> <laughs> Don't nod your head at me. I am kind of irritated by Mom, who is played
1: by Lily Taylor. Why? Okay, do you remember that movie, The Haunting? Oh, come on. <laughs> y- you can't do that to the actress.
0: I could not stand her character in that movie. And I think it's carryover. Because logically, there is no reason why I should dislike the character. Right. But I think because I have... Her character from that movie in my mind—that's all I see, and wow. it's not fair to the actress. That's she not did a fair great at job. all. That
1: really left an impression on you. That movie is old as hell. It's super old,
0: <laughs> but every time—and your dad for some reason loves it because I think it's because of the sound the in sound, the movie. Yeah. And every so often he'll put it and he'll put that part that I can't stand with her Eleanor, Eleanor, whatever. Wow. It just irritates me.
1: <laughs> poor, poor lady. You know that. I have to make a comment about not Lily Taylor, but Carolyn. When she got possessed that following that same night where they were continuing the investigation, there was a scene where one of the girls, her daughters got dragged around the house Mm -hmm. by this uh, haunting. (laughs) And she was not reacting And nobody seemed to think that was weird. Oh. Everyone was reacting. And her as a mother and Carolyn should have reacted. That should have been a huge red flag for someone. No one noticed. That's true. You're right. No one noticed that. Why aren't you reacting a little bit more like Carolyn should be reacting? Or would react. Correct. Because she would have been freaking out. That's a great point. So somebody should have noticed that. And why didn't Lorraine notice? That's a little plot thing here that I was a little like, why doesn't Lorraine know that she's possessed? Hmm. What's going on? Because she was already possessed that night. Yeah. Or, but she was that powerful that she's able to hide it, but I doubt it if she's... She walked into
0: the house and realized there was something wrong with it the minute so they walked in. So why didn't she
1: realize... That's the only little thing I'm like, hmm. Hmm. Interesting.
0: That is an hmm. interesting point, though. <laughs> Okay, so does this movie hold up for you? Oh, yes, it does. And for me, too. It's not
1: that old, but absolutely, it sure does. Uh, in, I
0: could watch it over and over again.
1: In all senses. The the effects are great to this day. Makeup, the scares. I, I was still screaming like I have never seen it. And I've seen it at least five times. Oh,
0: way more than me.
1: Right. And it was still, I mean, look how I was reacting. And me. But that's which... the point. That's the good thing about not watching horror movies often. I think it's good to watch them every few years because then it is kind of like I remember, but I don't.
0: Well, I remembered not much. Clearly, I knew the context of the movie itself, and but not all the scenes because obviously I was jumping out of my skin a lot of the times, and I forgot about the dark corner thing, and that kind of brought. Maybe that's why I couldn't sleep that night.
1: Because it brought out that that fear. childhood fear, yeah, probably.
0: So let's move on to the rules and see what was broken. Ah, yes, the rules. Let's go. Okay. Number one, don't say hello or who's there. Rule number
1: two, turn on the lights. Rule number three, don't split up. Rule number four, don't go upstairs into the basement or the attic. Rule number five,
0: why are you going in there if it says don't enter, no trespassing,
1: whatever? Danger. Mm -hmm. Rule number six, make sure the bad guy is dead. Rule number seven, no Ouija board. And the rules that were broken in
0: this movie are they went into the cellar alone with a match only
1: big mistake
0: and we had a lot of the characters going off on their own like drew there there was a lot of splitting up brad the cop he wandered off it's just there were a lot of instances where people wandered off
1: and they shouldn't have
0: exactly so those were the rules that were broken
1: i will give credit to judy for turning on the lights she gets kudos for that.
0: She, she sure turned did. them on twice.
1: She sure did. At
0: the top of the stairs, and then when she got to the bottom. Maybe she's watching horror movies. She probably is, or she knows that room is really creepy, scary.
1: Probably that. hmm So let's go on to the Scream award. Oh, this time, for me, 10 out of 5.
0: Yeah, your score <laughs> Basically. went over the top, and I will admit that I, too, joined in. So we both get 10, even <laughs> though it's 1 to 5.
1: Well, it's, yeah, and it could... Probably be a hundred out of five. (laughs) We were scared shitless with this one. And that, folks, is a wrap
0: for Episode 8, The Conjuring.
1: That is a wrap. And that was so much fun to talk about today. It was. We went off as usual.
0: On some tangents here and there. On some tangents. Discovered a few things about ourselves and each other. And fear. And fear. I enjoyed it. I had fun talking about it. It's a great movie.
1: Thank you for joining us today at Horror Cafe. You can find us on Facebook and Instagram under Horror Cafe Podcast. Please subscribe, follow, rate, and comment. And
0: we have a website. You can visit us at horrorcafepodcast.com. Hit us up on the contact page and send us a message. We really love getting messages from you guys.
1: We really do. We'd like to give a huge thank you for Rabbit and Red Radio for making us a part of their podcast family. So we're a pod fam. Yay. (laughs) You can find us on their platforms at rabbitandredradio.com, on Podbean, and iTunes. Thank you so much. Thank you, thank you, thank you. You guys want to laugh a little bit more? Stay after the music for some bloopers. And until next time, bye everyone. Bye everyone.
0: Is shit working? Yes. <laughs> you didn't make me tap like you always do because I did it for you. All right,
1: tapity tap. God. Bathsheba? Bathsheba?
0: Bathsheba. How
1: do we say that?
0: That is how you say it, Bathsheba.
1: Oh, because you started laughing, I didn't know. I started was... laughing because of the Bishara Bathsheba. Oh, <laughs> that's why I started laughing.